I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, happy Tuesday and welcome back to the news du jour. So if you follow us on social media and if you're a patron, you got even more information um, and a more urgent update. Putin has officially begun moving troops into Ukraine and beginning his invasion. So everything's actually happening now. So what exactly that means is still a little bit murky, but obviously we're going to start off this episode today discussing Ukraine, all of the most recent updates that I have for you guys, and then we'll get into a few other stories later in the episode. But like I said yesterday, and by the way, if you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, I would highly recommend going and listening to it first. The bulk of it is about Ukraine, and it's just going to give you a little more background information and some context for today's episode. Um, but yeah, long story short, until this quiets down, you guys can expect a little update on it in the beginning of every episode, you know, kind of like when COVID first hit or when January 6th was happening, we're just going to be discussing this until it kind of flames out because right now it is the biggest thing going on in terms of geopolitical everything. So let's go ahead and dive in. There have been a lot of updates regarding Ukraine and the invasion has officially commenced. So first up, we want to discuss Putin's speech on this subject. So Putin gave a speech that the international community is describing as fiery. He essentially asserted that two territories of Ukraine are part of Russia, but that the rest of Russia is still, or excuse me, the rest of Ukraine is still independent. He asked that the Ukrainian government surrender those territories to the Russian forces otherwise threatening the, quote, possibility of a continuation of bloodshed will be fully and wholly on the conscience of the regime ruling Ukraine, end quote. Whoa. So completely redirecting that blame, even though he's the one invading. <laughs> um, classic Putin. So anyway, Putin then immediately signed the documents to put all of this into action on live television. So this is a little bit separate, but then right following that spectacle on TV, Putin put in the order for his troops to move into Ukraine. So right now it seems like they will only try and take over those regions that they're considering to be part of Russia and declaring to be part of Russia. But like, who knows? Honestly, no one is clear on what Putin's end goal is with all of this. The areas that he considers to be part of Russia are these sort of two large swaths that are closest to Russia. 
One of them has actually already been taken over by Ukrainian separatists who believe that they are part of Russia. So that area should be pretty like that's a walk in the park for Putin to kind of come in and take it because the separatists have already taken it over. But the other territory that Russia claims is still held by the Ukrainian government. Just for reference in all of this, Ukraine is a country that is about the size of Texas. And this area that's being fought over looks like a little less than a third of the whole country, if that helps you put it to scale. Also, I wanted to let you guys know that there's about 44 million people living in Ukraine. So these are just some numbers to give you guys a little bit of perspective on this country. So uh, then there was this whole thing yesterday taking place about the French potentially meeting with Putin. There was a very last ditch effort by President Macron to arrange a meeting between himself, President Biden from the U.S., and Putin. Biden responded that he would be willing to sit down and talk if Putin did not move troops into Ukraine, which obviously he has now chosen to do. So that news is kind of nil at this point, but I had it on my list to tell you guys about. I just, I feel like President Macron is really trying to like leave it all in the field and do everything he can to try and prevent this violence, which I think is really admirable because we don't really see a lot of the other European countries really stepping up to meet with Putin and try and talk him down. But this is the second time Macron has reached out to try and you know, make peace and maneuver some peace. And I just think that's really admirable because Europe is where the, it's, it's what's going to be most affected by this violence. That said, Ukraine midday yesterday sought out an emergency meeting with the UN Security Council prior to Putin's announcements. This move is genuinely the largest military action taken in Europe since World War II. The UN Security Council exists for this exact purpose, to try and help maintain the peace globally. They're going to try to help, but I just hope that it's not too little too late at this point. I'm not sure why it took so long for Ukraine to engage them in these de-escalation efforts, because now, Things are already escalated. We're there. We've been there. So these talks with the Security Council probably should have been happening weeks ago. Um, And anyway, they're a little late on the draw, but let's hope that there's something they can do to help prevent this violence that really seems like it will be starting at any point. I do want to say, though, that I am aware that the U.N. Security Council was headed up by Russia. It's a rotating schedule um, where each country sort of takes a turn. And this month in February, it was led by Russia. And I when I read this, I literally said out loud, that's ironic. But I realized maybe it's not ironic. Maybe that was intentional. And maybe that's why Putin is waiting till the very last minute of this month, the very end of the month, to really make a move and make this decision while he's still kind of in charge of the UN Security Council. I thought that was really interesting because it would be really ironic timing, but I don't think anything Putin does is an accident. I think he he seems like a pretty calculated person to me. 
I've listened to a lot of um, podcast episodes on his ascension to power lately um, just to learn a little bit more about who he is as a person. And he was described as the ghost um, in early on in his career because he was very pale, first of all. And secondly, he would kind of lurk in corners quietly observing everyone. He famously does not drink, which Russians have a reputation for drinking a lot. So he liked to kind of be the one who still had their wits about them and watch everyone else make a fool of themselves and kind of sit back and observe everyone else. So that gave me some great insight into who he is and how he operates, I felt like. And just wanted to share that little tidbit about him with you guys today because I feel like this timing with the UN Security Council probably is not an accident. But that's all the updates I have for today regarding Ukraine. And we have a couple small smaller stories to go over with you guys. And for our next story, the National Guard has to step in to help with overflowing hospitals. So in Wisconsin, the National Guard members are being trained as nursing assistants. Many of them are attesting that they never in their wildest dreams thought they would be working in this capacity. And yet, this is where they're needed most right now. Hospitals in many parts of the country are still seeing just an absolute overflow of COVID patients and the unvaccinated are getting very sick and enduring long hospital stays, fighting for their lives and bumping other patients. The nursing staffs are at full capacity in a lot of places in these scenarios and frankly, they have been for quite some time. These soldiers are now offering them some mild relief, but it's a temporary fix. The National Guard only plans to stay there through mid-March, but it's better than nothing for these exhausted nursing staffs, and hopefully it will help them reach more patients more quickly. And for our final story today, I just wanted to go over Kim Potter's sentencing because this is a this is just something we need to be aware of. Um, it's it's a little crazy content warning. Of course, here this story involves the killing of a young unarmed black man. So if you guys remember, Kim Potter is the Minneapolis police officer who fatally shot Dante Wright when she was reaching for her taser, or so she claims. She claimed that the shooting was a complete accident, and actually on the footage, you can hear her yelling, taser, 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 and she takes out her gun and shoots the young man fatally. She was convicted of in court of two counts of manslaughter back in December, but she's only now facing her sentencing. Even though she was convicted of two counts of manslaughter and the minimum for manslaughter is seven years, she was only sentenced to two years in prison because the judge bought her story that she really was reaching for her taser. Kim Potter apologized to the family, and I guess it must have rang true to the judge. And the judge tearfully stated to the courtroom that Kim Potter, quote, made a mistake that ended tragically. She never intended to hurt anyone. Her conduct cries out for a sentence significantly below the guidelines, end quote. 
Dante's family obviously had begged the judge in their statements to please impose the maximum sentence against Ms. Potter. They ended up telling the press that they felt like the judge cared more for Ms. Potter than for their son, who was the one who was killed in the street. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, The only cure for the loss of illusions is fresh illusions. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a patron of our podcast. For $7.99 a month, you can unlock tons of perks like breaking news text messages so that you're never out of the loop, tons of bonus episodes are already up there ready for you to binge, and a discussion board full of networking opportunities and much more. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media today to become a patron. This is the best way to support our show. Our patrons make news du jour possible. But a couple other ways to support our podcast are rate and review on whatever podcast platform you use to listen, share on your social media, you have influence, tell your friends, family, and colleagues that you love news du jour and why you listen. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, just sugarfreemedia, all one word on TikTok, and sugarfree underscore media on Twitter. We also have a weekend newsletter called Dreamers Digest that's full of dreamy content recommendations for your weekend and a life update from yours truly. Sign up today on our website www.sugarfreemedia.co Our music is by Joey Lavoy and Nicholas Foster Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Catherine Jezik Designs Any twinkling or little footsteps you might hear in the background are by my dog Rhett. He's a rescue pup and always records with me We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour Broadcasting from... Oh,